What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Stakes is High podcast, a real podcast, having real conversation with real people. And I am Jones. What up, TC? What's good? What's happening, my brother? I'm chilling, man. How about yourself? You know me, blessed more than I should be, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, Yes, sir. sir. What's happening, man? Oh, you know, just another day in paradise, man. Another, Another week. Another day, yeah, another dollar, man, dollar. This weather breaking, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. Yeah. This weather feeling good. Yeah, we were, we were out in the 60s uh, this weekend, man. Yeah. So yeah, we, we definitely uh, stepped out to enjoy for sure, um, responsibly. Uh, but we did get a piece of that, man, and uh, yeah, it was, it was good. It yeah. was good to do so. Yeah. Can't lie. Yeah, man. I, I did some, I did some, uh, some, some adult things today man I, I went and laid some some uh weed and feed on my lawn me and tice man got out there and uh did, laid some seeds you know what i mean <laughs> so mm-hmm. had to be the, putting that, that boy you stay putting him to work come man. on man it's only right but honestly though <laughs> he begs me to do it bro like daddy can i try i'm like come on man so when it comes to cutting grass or doing anything man mm-hmm. so he's seven we get him started early man by 17 he haven't mastered you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah. by that time he gonna he gonna have his own little business. <laughs> there you uh, go. You know. <laughs> yeah, straight up, straight up, man. Business, yeah. Cool, absolutely. man. But yeah, man, we're blessed to get this good weather, man, and uh, you know, vaccines going out, man, and people, you know, feeling more confident about getting out, man, and uh, so, man, I'm happy that you know we were able to, man, get some good energy with this sun. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we got we gotta get people feeling more. Uh, Secure about getting vaccinated too. Man. You know, man, I think there's more people doing it than we don't. I think there's, I think that stigma that was initially uh, when it first got introduced. I think there was a, there was a, you know, the, the no, we ain't doing it. The conspiracy theorists, and man, I'm starting to see more and more people having more confident about doing it, man. So um, they lowered the age. They lowered the mm-hmm. age to I think it's 40 and up now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's outside of outside of uh, uh, first responders, man. I think I'm starting to see more and more people, you know, do it. So, you know, that's a good thing, man. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, I think generally, uh, yeah, people are, are are taking some some steps. We making some progress. Mm-hmm. But like I'll say more personal circle, you know, that's that's my that's my selection yeah. group right there. And uh, just 
you know, weighing that out. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, I hear a lot of people that are still. What about your what about your iffy. What about like your pops, your mom, your mother, like your older the older uh, generation? They they were they immediately That's and that's what oh definitely they, they were on it <laughs> right they, away. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that's like, that's they, they were like, I don't care what, what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know. They were with it. Yeah, 100%. man. That's likewise, it's, man. It's the it's the uh it's more the millennials and Gen Z's. Well, they can't uh, get it yet anyway, so they might as well just relax, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean yeah, but, I mean, by the summer, it should be available to, to everyone. So I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily foresee people who are stern uh, in their ways of I'm not getting that. Hey, um, as soon as as soon as by, by the summer get here, as soon as some airlines be like, hey, look. <laughs> People come and like, let me get this shot, dog. <laughs> That's gonna change. That's yeah, exactly. straight you up. Can't go, you know, across the water or yeah. across the border or whatever. Um, without the vaccination, uh, yeah, that's what's going to change it for sure, man. Uh, 100%. Yeah, what they needed to do, man, they needed to be like, all right, as soon as you land at the Miami airport, you got to get vaccinated because you see the Miami fools, man. But we'll talk about that. We're going to get our guests in, man. <laughs> but uh, before we do that, man, we got a guest coming in. But before we get to our guests, I definitely want to thank Alicia for coming on last week, man. Family uh, definitely uh, gave us a great episode. I got a, I like, I got a lot of good reviews about that, man, talking about charter schools and a lot of things that people didn't know and she actually answered a lot of questions people had some misconceptions about and some negative thoughts about and I'm glad she was able to um, kind of answer some of those things and you know I want to mm-hmm. send her a big shout out man and hey the stakes is high is ready to be a part of that path school so at least if we I'm gonna keep reminding you you know what I mean we're gonna be up in that school doing our thing you know so Absolutely. thank you thank you for coming by and TC if they want to listen to that episode and any of our previous episodes what can they find us brother at Stakes is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email to stakesishighpod at gmail.com. Chill. 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 Yeah. We got a guest, man. We do. Yo, I, I, was, I was excited to reach out. Uh, me and this guest go back to Excel program. This was this was big sis mentor, all the above. Ended up being big sis in 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 the frat slash sore first fam relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just oh all around great person. Uh, party had a good times. Everything. So hey, it's uh, funny, man. A guest. <laughs> it's funny our guest. Uh, was young when I was in school, and she was the old head when you was in school. <laughs> yeah, so she, she she yeah, exactly. She she between, so yeah, young sis to you, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, but yeah, let's 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 welcome Mel to the to the show. What's, What's going happening? on? Hello, thank you guys so much for having me, frat. Yes, I'm in the middle because when I came to Ball State, there's yes, you. I was a newbie. I was we was the old heads, yeah. You were, you were deep in the frat. And then TC came, and I was like a mentor at that point for yeah. like the freshmen coming in. So, Hey, Mel, do you remember <laughs> Do you remember when you was? Uh, we were trying to get you to draw our heads on our flyers? <laughs> hey, you know how like, so you know how people do like the... What? Hold on, I'm going to tell you. This is a dope-ass <laughs> idea. The frat, y'all need to listen to this. So do you know how they do like those, um, like the body small, and then they do like... Caricature. Boom. Caricature. And you know, I don't know if you know, Mel can draw. 
Uh, she I was an art major. Yes. She, she gets it in. She gets it in. <laughs> so we were trying to get her to. <laughs> so we were trying to get her to do like all the bros on one flyer, and it would. <laughs> That would have been hard, but I don't know what happened. Time what happened? or so. I think time. I think we came to her last minute. <laughs> yes, they, they wanted. They wanted. They thought I was. I don't know. Disney World up in this piece, <laughs> and I was like a freshman toting around my art stuff. I like literally. I'm walking past Teachers College with a big old sketch pad, my art supplies. I know they was looking at me like, who's this little art girl? <laughs> I think I think Otis came up with the idea. We was like, "Oh hell yeah, that'd be dope." That like <laughs> oh, I was like, "I don't know if I can do that." <laughs> yeah, we came like, "Hey, we need it by tomorrow." She was like, "What?" <laughs> it just don't work out so well. That's funny. Uh, but yes, I am. I'm super appreciative of our Ball State days. I will say that Ball State has definitely shaped who I am. Uh, had a lot of great experiences there, but I also just met a lot of really great people. People that I'm still friends with today. People that I still talk to uh, today. Of course, I, you know, pledge the the only, you know, sorority <laughs> worth mentioning. No, I'm And then, you know, got a chance to really, you know, meet all of you guys, our frat, and it's just been, it's been great. Again, lifelong friends, lifelong relationships, and it's been awesome to see how people are growing. And even you guys having this podcast, right? Being yeah. able to support you guys in your podcast, it's awesome to be able to see you know what everybody's doing because everybody's doing some really great things definitely absolutely. definitely we appreciate yeah. you coming on for sure taking time out of your schedule for sure absolutely for sure. my pleasure i'm super excited to be here hey, yeah, <laughs> man. we're gonna have a good time i mean i know you you are a busy woman we're gonna get into you know everything that you got going on and uh yeah we're excited to chat about it you know you hop I know that you had something going on this evening, and uh, you went from one from what you had going on to, yes. to come chat with us. So uh, <laughs> definitely appreciate that. Absolutely, my pleasure. Yeah, I do. Um, I do Miracle Mondays with Mel, which is basically a limited series in March that I'm doing uh, that's revolving around my book launch, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit here shortly. But yes, I um I I always have time for my friends. Right on, right on. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hey, whenever, it. hey, TC, we gonna wait. Let's 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 give it about five years when that book be number one seller. We gonna be like, man, what's happening? <laughs> nah, she gonna show love. There you go. You got it, TC. <laughs> what's happening? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Man, I mean, shoot, I got the Boston. I ain't gonna say what year I got the Boston, but let's just say, man, no, just just go ahead and accept you almost forty, G. <laughs> just accept it. I'll, just accept I'll, it. I'll, Almost, not, <laughs> Almost 40 meets you 39. Cool. <laughs> That's no, you're 30, you 35. That's what I like. There say. you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's what we, there you we go. Gonna, that's how we're going to do it. So, Mel, let's get into it. I know, um, you know, uh, after... You know, after I left Ball State, of course, you mm-hmm. you still were there, and you said you changed your major from art. And I, you know, I remember you, like you said, have the art supplies going. You know what I mean? So, let's talk about like you know your time, like you know, ready to leave Ball State, and you know, you switched your major, obviously. Um, what what what? what let's, let's let's talk about that time. You know, right when you were leaving and all that. Sure. Yeah, I would say um, for anybody who is listening, who is trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, who is probably a lot of people, um, college was a great time to explore that. (laughs) I I changed my major four times. 
Uh, I started out as an art major and then I became a philosophy major. Uh, and then my dad was like, what you gonna do for a philosophy degree, ma'am? <laughs> um, and so uh, then I decided that I was gonna do like journalism communications. And then I kind of went back and forth and I ended up landing on journalism and communications. And I will say at the time, I knew that I wanted, around that same time, I knew that I wanted to pursue law school because when I was taking philosophy and logic, I really liked um, just kind of the way that it pushed you to think, um, kind mm -hmm. of thinking outside the box. In addition to that, I knew that a lot of the mentors or people that I was meeting or talking to, they had a path that was law school and then they had went into whatever it was that they were doing, whether that was them being a vice president of a company or they were uh, maybe a general counsel for some from company. So I knew that law school was going to be sort of that next step. I just didn't know like how it would all play out. But I will tell you, Ferris, one of the conversations that shaped the direction of where I was going mm -hmm. was when I talked to my dad about law school in general. And he told me, he said, I'm gonna tell you what my, what my father told me which is that you are not supposed to be at the same level as your parents. You are supposed mm. to stand on our shoulders and be even greater. So if you're thinking, okay, this is the this is the bar. He was like, you don't just settle for the bar. You need to go higher because we've obviously built a bar for you to continue to grow and to expand. He was like, and I was really the first person in my immediate family to go to law school. And so he was basically saying, you know, don't be intimidated or scared because, you know, you're the first person to do this. Like you need to, you need to go further. You need to step out. You need to yeah. know that, this is, you know, something you should do. And so that was really encouraging to me because I was like, okay, Melanie, you gotta think bigger. Stop, you know, kind of settling for, okay, well, this is what my dad does, this is my grand, you know, and realize that this is just the, this is the ground, not the ceiling. Yeah. The you know what's interesting? I, I literally was just having this conversation last week and it was with a guy I work with and we were, you know, we were just discussing, it was, do, it was, it, in this sense, it was related to sports. And I was saying to him, like, I think one of the things of being a good parent is the advice your father gave you. So I was telling him at seven, my son is way better at basketball than what I was at seven. Not only because he's it just seems like his he's more athletically inclined and or I'm giving him resources that I never received. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like I, and he was like, man, I don't know my son. I said, I think that's one of the biggest mistakes we have. And people, parents don't ever want to let go of those old days. So the advice that they aren't can't give you like what your father gave you we try to stick on we try to hold on to those glory days and be like man you ain't like we were when we were growing up yes they are they're better <laughs> you know what i mean technology resources you know what i mean and it was just like it's it's it's, it's dope that your father said that i said we have to let go of that and make you said put our kids on our shoulders to say nah bro look over this there's so much more to see than what we were able to you know see so that's dope he gave you that man i want to talk yeah. about your father man because your dad is your dad is like a renaissance man in this world man yes. one of my idols yes he is black history personified. there you go i know we're not black history month anymore but you know we do black black history 365 days yeah, there you go so, there you, there you, know, go. And, you know, and i guess that's the other thing that shaped me there is, is that you know he is a renaissance man so you know i also had this thing where i did not want to do one singular thing for the rest of my life. I just yeah. felt like I would get bored. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was like, well, I don't want to just be one thing, you know. You know, every, I was reading something earlier today about how people will put you in boxes. Mm-hmm. And she gave the analogy about how when you get a new bo- new pair of shoes and it's in the box, right? Um, the box fits that new pair of shoes. But mm-hmm. let's say that, you know, let's say it's a size nine and you, you've worn those shoes out so much, it starts to stretch, it starts mm-hmm. to bulge. When you put those shoes back in the box, it's not going to fit the same way, right? right because right. the box was not meant to contain the after effects of wear, right? Mm. And so I think sometimes people are quick to say, okay, here's the career advice for you. Here is your box. This is what you stay within. This is what you do. Um, and he has always been somebody who shattered, I would call, all kind of boxes, right? And so yeah. he is a dentist. He's a pastor. He's an a entrepreneur because he runs, you know, the oldest black-owned gospel recording company in, in the world. He is Say, say his really name because his name holds weights up in the city. His name holds weight right. in the city. His name holds yeah. weight in the city. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's a real estate developer, so he owns, you know, multiple um you know places in indianapolis so he's definitely like i said one of my idols somebody i've always looked up to and you know he always likes to say he was like money is important let me be clear like have a primary (laughs) source of income don't be just out here willy nilly because hope is not a strategy let's be 100 percent clear okay hope is not a strategy you need to have a plan you need to be able to have you know you need to have some capital Um, because oftentimes i I just want to put this out there have we ever seen a house that was built under budget and before schedule, Come right? On, because oftentimes people miss, you know, they miss that, you know, it's gonna cost more money than you think it is. It's probably gonna take longer than yep. you think it is. And so you still have to have strategy. You still have to have goals. You still have to think about a life plan and how these things kind of work within that. But I think he's done a phenomenal job and pulling people around him doing a phenomenal job to build out different areas of his life so that he can be sort of this renaissance man. But For I will sure. say dental was the first in the primary, <laughs> right? He said, I'm going to make some money. Yeah. You know, and first of all, he got seven kids to feed, so he had to make money. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, for sure. So many, so many people, like uh, like you said, just jump out there and try to make things happen like without strategy, without planning. And then they kind of um, label it as stepping out on faith. Like, yeah, but so what's, like what's the gotta, gotta, what's the phrase though? Have, what's the phrase? Faith without work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's right. Again, exactly. Oh. Um, because and here's the interesting thing. We you know we talk about a lot of times. This is the other thing though, because people will say faith for things that they are not really they didn't really get clearance for. Let me be exactly. clear. Exactly. So if if God didn't put His stamp on it, you just out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you like I think God told me to do-. no He didn't. You didn't sit down long enough for Him to even mm-hmm. deposit it into your spirit yeah. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and quit lying you ain't even talk to God about this you just right. talk <laughs> exactly yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah I mean but you know there is and then there's the opposite side of it where we talk about people who are so afraid to jump out right so they're like fear is holding them out when God then told them to make a leap and let me tell you, the leap is just one step down. And they're like, oh, my gosh, but it's like an ocean. You're like, it's one step. All you got to take is one step. Yeah. Um, it's so crazy, Mel, because we've had it's crazy because we've had like maybe three episodes in a row basically saying exactly what you're saying yeah. right there. You know what I mean? TC, remember the even the guy with the diamond, the illustration that they was the diamonds right there. Like you stopped. Mm-hmm. You stopped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I love that because that's don't quit five minutes before the miracle. That's what that is, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, you're right. People. 
I even look at that differently because people will step out and then they get discouraged when it doesn't happen right away. And that's the other thing that God is oftentimes trying to teach us things through the process. Mm -hmm. But your modern day person, modern day Christian, modern day entrepreneur, modern day anyone, uh, we we are a microwave generation. We are used to having this instantaneous uh, gratification. That's a common so, phrase we use on this show, microwave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if, you know, anything worth having, you know, takes time. What, what's that old old adage? There is no uh, elevator to the top. You have to take the stairs. Yeah. But the stairs is what teaches you the character and mm-hmm. all of the things you need in order to make it to the rooftop, right? Exactly. Um, because I, I do say a prayer a lot that says, God, never let my gifting take me to a place where my character character cannot keep me. Mm. Um, And oftentimes you'll see people who have arrived, but their character was not developed in those formative stages. And then it all goes to H-E double hockey sex in a handbasket, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and you see them on display in ways that if God had been able to deal with them on the level that he had them at, you know, to be able to develop those characters, uh, they they probably wouldn't be in that situation. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that that makes that's that's some dope dope information. With a word. Just <laughs> yeah, Out man, it's crazy because we needed you a few episodes ago, man. We was having the same conversation, but you know, man, it's timing. It's it's to continue. We can continue to have this conversation because it's things that you know, man. There's a lot of people out there, like you said, that that one are trying to trying to go do whatever their dreams are and have faith but then sometimes they you know throughout the journey they get discouraged and or god might be sending them in a different direction so it's really it's and one of the things we talk about on here a lot is just like make sure you listen to your energy stay prayed up and 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 continue to just 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 follow pay attention to your energy that's sometimes that's how god's talking to you right there you know so well I mean, life is if if you if anyone has followed me on for any period of time on Instagram, IG handle Mel underscore strong or even on my Facebook official Mel strong. I when I first got sick um, and I, I was diagnosed with cancer. OK, don't, don't, wait, wait, uh, hope, pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. Graphic. OK, Hold OK, on. OK, OK. I put a graphic up and it literally had my plan, which was a straight line going up and then God's plan, which is still. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. <laughs> and, and I say that all the time that life, life can get, you know, life can come with some hills and valleys. And there are times you can get discouraged, right? Yeah. In a walk yeah. that you're like, well, God, you, you said this, man. And, oh, you know, I'm here for this. You know, how do you stay in faith when mm-hmm. things don't look like what you know they're supposed to look like or what God has told you they're supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, like you said, a sailor never became an expert at just sailing the calm seas, you know. it's Come on. You know, he gonna gonna have to to learn, baby. Yeah, and faith is not not developed on the mountaintop. Faith is developed in the valley. Yep. Um, And again, so when you, trust me, trust me when I say, in order to get patience, you need to sit in a few traffic jams, okay? Or you got to have some kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you can have some kids. There you go. I don't have any parents, but you know, I know Ooh, you can. <laughs> they going to teach you some patience, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, on the, that's, on the, that's, on the, that's next on the plan. Yeah. 
So, so let's let's talk about post. Let's talk about post uh, Ball State. So graduate Ball State. What was what was Mel's journey? What was what was next? Sure. Yeah. So after so I did I did go ahead and go to law school. I did take a leap year. So meaning like I took a year off between undergrad and law school. Uh, against my father's wishes, he was like, "You're never gonna go back. You need to keep the momentum going." But I and before we continue, to... what what is your what is your dad's what is his practice? Because your sister has a practice also, right? They have the same practice, so it's oh, Scott Industry. Mm-hmm. So okay. my sister, okay. yeah, my sister practices there, and now my niece, who just graduated dope, a couple dope. years ago, is now a dentist there. So I drive three by generations their, I, of Scott. Yeah, I drive by there all the time. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead and get your cleaning. You know so you know it's time don't be skipping over I, I stay on my six months <laughs> yeah. and your teeth your, I, I know the audience can't see you but your teeth look like they do very oh, good man. Very, yeah, so I try to keep my brush in the floss <laughs> look, look, look right here look, look. I got a little floss <laughs> that's good okay that's listen you need to floss all the teeth you want to keep okay. there you go Jones yeah. <laughs> got the dimples so you know he, he nah, got that ain't got nothing to do with teeth bro no you want to show them that ain't got nothing to do with teeth nope if you want to show the dimples off your teeth got to be together too you got Man, let me tell you, you something. You can't show the dimples and then have. A I've had these period. dimples for forty years. I don't be knowing I have dimples until somebody say something like TCB making fun of me. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. They love it, man. Yeah, you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a great, you have a great smile too, TCB. So, uh, there you go. You know, I appreciate it. Even without the dimples. <laughs> Actually, one best smile and like one of y'all like the Academy Awards. Oh yes, the Academy Awards. Yes, probably one most charming as well. I think I may. I think I may have won that when y'all had the Academy Awards. (laughs) I forgot about that. That's what's up. Hey, you know who? uh, Remember, school was on. I think he went. uh, What's what you guys call the guy who was like the AK guy? um, Oh, Mister Phenomenal, wasn't it? So they called it something else though. Like I could. Uh, something I forgot, but yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's funny. I thought it was Mr. Skeenomino, but I can't remember that. Ah, damn, I have to, have to text Keena and be like, what y'all call yeah, it? Keena will, know. <laughs> Keena will know exactly what we call it. Yeah. So you took yeah. a year off, you took a year off, and then. Yeah, took a year off, mm-hmm. and I, um, at the time, because I graduated as like a journalism communications major, but at the same time, I was still, art was in me. I went ahead and started my own graphic design company at that point. And so I did graphic design um, as I was kind of just just taking time. And I needed I'm one of those people who have both a creative brain and an analytical brain. So it's like both have to kind of be going at the same time. So I went ahead and started my graphic design firm. And then immediate that year after I went ahead and started law school uh, right outside of Chicago, Uh, did law school. It was hard, hard, (laughs) hard as I've ever worked in my life. I mean, it was hard. Um, went ahead and Pat took the bar. I took the Indiana bar because someone had recommended that, you know, if you ever, you may want to take your hometown bar in the event that you ever would move back to your hometown. Again, you could think like your parents may get sick or you want, you know, et cetera, anything mm-hmm. like that. You always want to be prepared for that. So I went ahead and took the Indiana bar. Um, and then I actually started practicing in Indiana. And so I was with a private practice for a couple of years, doing general practice. So civil litigation, um, bankruptcy, wills and estate, so estate planning, uh, some criminal def- defense, but it was just a general practice law. It was not my jam, I'm not gonna lie. It was not mm. what I loved, uh, and mainly because that was not what I had intended to do when I went to law school. When I went to law school, I wanted to focus primarily on entertainment law and tax law. 
Those mm. were the two areas that I was most interested in. And really intellectual property all up, not just entertainment, but intellectual property and tax. And so, but you know, you go where you go where you can get a job. Cause at the time I graduated, we were in the middle of the recession. So mm. when I say lawyers was losing jobs, like a bug, it was 2007. Like people, there was not a lot of jobs to be had. Right. So um, I took the job that was open uh, and I was very appreciative for that job. Um, I also learned a lot. That was a very sink or swim situation, meaning that I didn't necessarily have, I had to figure a lot of stuff out on my own uh, because it was a small firm. It wasn't like a large firm where they kind of put you in sort of this associateship where you're kind of mentored by a partner. Um, and so I kind of had to deal with that then. But mm. then um, I actually got recruited a few years after that into a larger company. I went in-house, as they say, and started working for a big company called Siemens. And I moved to Chicago. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, and then from there, I've just continuously moved around to a few different companies. I was there for four years. Uh, and then um, I, I was in Chicago. Then I moved to Orlando. And then I got um, and then, uh, but from there, I then went, I went ahead and became the GC of one of those companies that I said my dad was engaged with, which is Ty Scott Communications. I became their general counsel, helping them transition from music uh, to film and television. Cause at the time we were producing a couple of films. And so doing licensing deals with BT, TV one, what was the up channel at the time. Um, and then I got married. Uh, to this amazing man uh, and his first job out of residency was in Seattle, Washington, a place that I would have, if you, if you had told me I would have moved to Seattle, I'd be like, uh-uh. <laughs> a lot of people love Seattle, though. Yeah. Man. It's I'm interesting. People love it out there. Karen, when I moved, I now see why. When I yeah. say it is one of the most beautiful places, now there are not a lot of us out there. And what I did realize is that um, for us colored people, we move where other colored people are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so you don't see a great migration of us, but it is so beautiful. It is just yeah. one of the most picturesque places to live. I haven't then, been. I still want yeah. to visit, but yeah, I've heard it, that. I mean, it looks like a picture, literally, out of, I mean, the mountains, and on a crisp day, you can see Mount Rainier with the snow cap uh, at the top, and just Damn. the water. We lived right at the top of the lake, uh, Lake Washington. It was just, it was gorgeous. And then my husband had an opportunity to purchase a practice in the D.C. area. So then after about four or five years, we moved now where we are today, which is in the D.C., Maryland area. Cool. And I work yeah, for a, um, a pretty small company called Microsoft. So <laughs> flex. She flexing. Yeah. That's a flex. And I've been with them for, for five years now. And I'm uh, I'm a counsel. I'm a corporate counsel for our consumer business. So cool. uh, we're on Skype right now. So that's one of our. Ah, yeah, yeah. 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 There we go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I want to talk about, um, I remember the first time I heard, uh, you were sick and I can't remember who told me, um, but it was like, we were at the age to where, like right now, if we look at our age now, we see, we, we hear about friends, family members, like people our age, they start to get sick and they start to have health problems. But at the time, I remember when I had initially, I first heard you were sick. I was like, it was kind of crazy because it was like big news. Like, 
we don't get sick right now we're young we're you know what i mean and when we when i heard that you were sick it was kind of tripped out man i was like oh and you know i had you know I, since i had lost left ball state you know i'll come back and see some bros you know in dark times or whatever but uh but uh <laughs> but anyway um <laughs> in the night yeah, yeah in the night, you got <laughs> y'all know where i'm going but anyway yep. um uh so you know it kind of messed me up because it was like you know it, it was it was kind of like the rumor mill and everybody started hearing it because like you said like now you hear somebody get sick it's like ah oh, man you know that you know it, it's prayers up and it's kind of expect it's expected just because of our age but when i heard that man it hit me pretty hard and like oh damn you know so um yeah yeah it, it's good to see since you know the transition and i remember the the once you got on social media and i started following you and i just started seeing the journey it yeah. was it was so dope to just see and i was happy you know what i mean like didn't even you might not have known i'm just sitting there smiling like dope you know um and you like you said having your husband there by your side but um let's yeah. let's yeah, that was dope. That, so the whole campaign, like the whole Maelstrom campaign, yeah, I mean, like it was, yeah, it was, it, it was a movement, man. Like just to see the whole community behind you, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was awesome to see. I mean, yeah, yeah, but yeah. You guys you, the love like was my family. Like that's, what, and I think that's what people don't realize. Like Ball State people, like we are close, right? Not yeah. even just like frat, but and you're right there because it wasn't like I didn't get on the horn and call a bunch of people, right? But it was mm. definitely everybody was call, hey. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta pray up for yeah, our girl. And yeah. you're right, TC. Like we did, they did a bunch of like Maelstrom campaigns, even on campus. Um, and so it was like I feel so fortunate that I had that community, right? Because yeah. you guys were my community, yeah. are my community. So yeah. yeah. So take us through that. Let's let's go through from the beginning of just like you know uh, you finding out, or even just like some of the steps before that. What yeah. was going on there? Yeah, so I mean, I was in perfect health. I, I had never been, and you're right. I'm I'm 30. Like I, we had just celebrated my 30th birthday on the boat yeah. in Chicago. <laughs> so Play like, pen. right? Yeah. Come on, <laughs> you were there, weren't you? No, nah, man. I, I, no. I oh, wasn't, man. I, I, I missed, thought you were there. I, I'm still trying to like get out and, and, and live the the playpen. No, uh, we uh, had dream. A I still ain't made it. It was and so it was a bunch of Ball State people there. We I had just celebrated my 30th birthday, and then I I was moving. I was leaving Chicago to go to Orlando, still working for Siemens, and um, I you know life was good. And so I was in Siemens. I met my now husband. who was my boy. We were long distance. Like I thought I'd never do a long distance relationship. We ended up being <laughs> together. We ended up getting engaged a year later in Indianapolis. I was at home uh, for because my parents are from. I'm from Indianapolis. I was at home. We ended up getting engaged. That was Thanksgiving, like a year later. And all of a sudden, like around the December time frame, I started experiencing this really abnormal shortness of breath. And mm -hmm. I would be sitting here like talking to you, like I'm talking to you guys right now. And all of a sudden, <gasps> start like gasping for air. Like somebody was choking my lungs, like just mm. cutting my lungs off. And so I ignored it because again, I am... I'm in great health. And it's funny, I was, like I said, I was just on for Miracle Mondays with Mel. I was talking to my primary care physician tonight and she, I had just had my checkup with her in October. I had a perfect bill of health, you're perfectly fine, et cetera. And so January rolls around and my fiance at the time is like, yo, I think you might want to get this checked out because 
this is not normal. And at the time I was, I was heavily, I was getting more and more fatigued, um, but it was happening rapidly, if that makes sense. Meaning like I would like the next day, I'd just be super duper tired. And I don't know if I've ever, I have never like said this publicly, but I accidentally, I fell asleep at work. Like I was, I laid my head down cause I had like a headache mm-hmm. and I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I think I just fell asleep. Like the weirdest thing. And I was mm. like, this is, something is not right. So that night, again, in my mind, oh, Mel, you know, you just need to do something relaxing. I go to yoga. I go. <laughs> we do that. We, we bad for that. We do that. <laughs> like, you just need more rest. You need to relax, right? So I go to yeah. yoga. Gentle yoga at this. This is not even like hot yoga. Gentle yoga. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the yoga class and can't even get through the yoga class. And I was like, yeah, something is not right. So I went ahead and called that same doctor back and was like, hey, I think I need to come in because I can't even do like a regular yoga class without being out of breath. And I was also experiencing like bruising on my body, but I just thought I was running into stuff. Like in my Mm. mind, I'm like, oh, I'm bumping into stuff and I'm just not paying attention. Mm. And so when I went into the doctor to get my results, uh, I remember I was it was during my lunch break and I literally I told my team, I'll see you guys after lunch. We'll go back into these meetings, et cetera. And I never went back to work. Damn. Wow. Never went back to work. I went to the doctor to get my results and she showed me two sheets of paper. On one side was my, you know, lab results from October when I went to see her. And then on the right was my results from January. And I mean, just like total drastic difference from three months. Mm-hmm. And uh, she didn't know at the time what was going on. So she said she had contacted a hematologist. And I didn't even know what a hematologist was. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's great. I said, well, I'm going to go back to work. I was like, I'll schedule an appointment with her. You let me know when. And she was like, um, okay, let me call her real quick. And so she mm-hmm. called her, came back in and was like, I can't let you leave. Ooh. She was like, because you don't have enough platelets to survive. And I was like, excuse me? What? I was like, what? She was like, yeah. you could basically, um, and come to find out the bruising that I was having, I was in, I was bleeding internally and had not enough platelets to actually clot the blood. So it was just, <laughs> it was this bunch of bruises. And um, again, they didn't know what was wrong, no history of anything, um, yeah. but I got admitted immediately into the hospital and ended up in the hospital for 31 days um, and they obviously figured out that I had acute lymphoblastic leukemia Philadelphia chromosome positive say that fast yeah yeah so yeah so, the, so it was definitely out of the blue I had a perfect bill of health I had no idea like you know they say cancer doesn't have a face until you or a loved one has it you know I, I really didn't I, I knew no one who had had a, a leukemia for, you know, one, yeah, and nor yeah. did I know anybody who um, had had acute lymphoplastic leukemia, Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, uh, like, like, mad science, yeah, world. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah. And so where the, where the Mel Strong came into play TC was when they, they had told me that my best chance of survival was getting a bone marrow transplant. But the trick was that they had to find somebody who matched my um, typing, not just your blood type, but it was like markers so succinctly that my body wouldn't reject the transplant. 
And uh, so they they tested my siblings, which I was super happy about because I have I hit the sibling lottery with six. <laughs> so I was like, let's go! Can't get any better than this. Yeah. And uh, none of them were a match. Mm. And so, um, the, you know, What's my that? friends and my family. I know. Go ahead. I was gonna say, what does that do to like your like your spirit? Because I mean, I'm sure you like out of one of these six, going yeah, gonna get me no. straight. So like, what does that do to like? your mental to hit that roadblock and like wait what you know yeah I talk about it I actually talk about it in the book a lot that portion a lot because it's interesting how we think that we can have the mind of God right like we 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 play many gods sometimes right where we say oh no no this is great like I'm this is gonna be it right Mm -hmm. and uh you know then you have to go back to the scripture that that really says that you know god is <laughs> who can really conceive, you know conceive the mind of god and and i think for that period of time i had to trust in a way that i had not trusted before meaning yeah. like i had to trust something that i couldn't see something that i couldn't understand mm-hmm. something that didn't really make any logical sense to me um, and and that really, again, like I said, I talk about it in the book, but it really was about okay, I've got to just, I have to really trust him on this one because I don't know how this is going to end up. That's, that, I guess, that was my question. I was going to ask to piggyback off what TC was saying. You know, here you are, thirty, you know, successful. You know, got a handsome husband, yes. handsome husband. You know, great friends, part of a sorority. You know, you're doing your thing, and then like. Here we go. You get hit with this roadblock of life. Um, did that ever make you lose, you know, and, and it may kind of be personal. I'm sorry if you don't, you might not want to answer this, but like, did you ever lose faith and say, God, like, you know, and people always, I always, I always have people, I always tell people like, like people always say, you, you should question God. Like, I, I why not? <laughs> I got this relationship with God. I need to holler at him like, hey, bro, why? You know what I mean? <laughs> what <is going laughs> yeah, what's up, bro? You know what I mean? People are like, don't question God. Old school, old school Christians. Oh, don't you ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you ever question God. Like, no, nah, I need to holler at him. I got to have by Why, bro? Why me? <laughs> but clarity. Yeah, yeah. But um, did you ever lose your faith or like question God and be like, you know, Lord, you know, it, it, why would you do this to me? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's something it's something that I talk about in the book as far as there had never been a time in my life where I had asked why me, because I was always like, why not me? Like, who am I that is so special that trouble can't come my way? So that was always, before this situation, that was always my stance. Well, why not me? I mean, at the end of the day, I've been so blessed. Like, if he never does another thing for me, I'm you know super blessed. So again, who am I to, to dodge trouble of some sort? Mm-hmm. But um, I talk about some situations in the book where things are compounded, meaning it wasn't just the diagnosis. It was a lot of things that ended up happening even around the diagnosis, whether it was the death of a very close loved one, whether it was the, you know, me not being able to have children. It was it was so many different things happening. And at that particular time, I was like, OK, God why me like this seems like really cruel and unusual punishment um i did not lose my faith though Mm, because i had to hold on to it because i i and i talk about in the story some the reason why i had to hold on to it because god had given me a promise and i had to believe that it was going to come to pass right Mm, mm. um and i and i really i i likened myself to job 
in the Bible mm. where um, there's a scripture at the very beginning that says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And as if you know the story of Job or are familiar with the story of Job in the Bible, he was also on top of the world, had mm-hmm. riches galore, had everything you can imagine. And God and said, enemy, let me get that. Yeah, well, Satan said. <laughs> yeah, you Satan. Know, and then God said, go ahead. You can have, go ahead. He's straight. He's faithful. Around him, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he won't serve you anymore. He yeah, said, yeah, yeah. you know, he said, you know, and so the guy was like, okay, well, I'll take my hedge of protection off around him, but you can't, you can do everything, but you can't kill him. Can't kill him. And, um, and he was tested to the max. And, and, and throughout even the book of Job, Job does ask a lot of questions, mm-hmm, right? He, mm-hmm. he, he laments, he, he goes through all the emotions. And I think right. that is okay. I think people need to realize that people are still human, mm-hmm. right? And again, if you, <laughs> I like to say it like this, if you could get through everything on your own, you wouldn't need God. This is why we need him, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this is why we need him. And uh, there's a song that says, oh, for grace to trust him more. It's an old hymn. It says, oh, for grace to trust him more. And it, it is that thing. It's like we need sometimes that grace just to trust him more. Like, I don't understand it, but God, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I don't know how this is going to happen. And, and God, help my unbelief. Oh, Father, like, how how am I going to make it through? I don't understand this. I don't know why. But God, just feel grace. Give me grace to be able to sustain one more day. And that's why I believe that I never lost faith because even when I was at that point of asking these questions, I knew who I could lean on. I knew who I could rely on. I knew that his strength was there for me. Um, And so it was that trust and that faith that I believe was developed even deeper in the midst of this. I think one of the things that we have to realize when it comes down to keeping faith and continuing to trust in God, sometimes you can't like, you have to, one thing I do, I know I try to, I try to recognize small things, right? Like, cause we, when we think of our faith and we think our trust in God is like, he's going to change it right now. And if you continue to think like that, your faith is going to continue to be just tested and tested and challenged and challenged. But what happens is like, if you know, like, like Lord, you know, just help me understand why me. And then tomorrow, the pain that the, 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 that little pain that you had yesterday it's not there. It didn't heal your whole leg, but you're like, man, it don't hurt as bad as it did yesterday. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, those small things are just like the small battles. And you just be like, all right, cool. God working. God working. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, so. I, I like to say that in order to be thankful, you need to be thankful. And I think and you think about all of the things that God has blessed you with, you know, and you begin to focus on how blessed you really are. Mm-hmm. It, it does change your entire focus. Whew. It changes your atmosphere. It changes how Man. you think about it. Um, even when I was speaking with my doctor earlier, we talk about there are endorphins that come with like either negativity or positivity. Yep. And the energy and the endorphins that you have from always, oh, this is terrible. This is energy, horrible. baby. This is awful. <laughs> it, you, you are actually using endorphins that you need to get better. But yep. you're using that, you're capturing that energy on something that's never going to help you. That's actually making you get worse. worse. And so when you begin to change that mindset and you begin to be thankful so you can be thankful, 
even if it's for one thing, it could be, God, thank you for waking me up. God, thank you that I can mm-hmm. see today. God, thank you that I can hear. God, thank you that I have the activity of my limbs. God, thank you that I didn't regurgitate my food. I can actually put it down and it goes into my system. Thank you, God, that I even have food. Thank you, God, that I have a quarter. Even if you got one quarter, I got a quarter. That's more than the man down the street. Hey, um, let, me, let me tell you right, something. Right, I, right. I do, I do like, Come you know. Come on, take us to church. Like Come with, on, yeah. I know, right? Like, like with Tice, two things. Like, so like with Tice, you like in prayer like like i i thank thank god for clean air to breathe and clean water to drink like people don't even understand like you can just go drink out the faucet no one else could do that you know what i mean like i mean not no one there's a lot of countries and a lot of people who can't even do that but another thing i was going to tell like if you ever think your life is that bad just go volunteer in people with need yeah. Yeah. You you oh, look yeah. back and be like, "Ooh, I'm going home in this car that this person don't have. This person can't leave this hospital bed. This person can't right. just go volunteer your time. A home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go yeah. volunteer that time, man, because you know in the in the industry that I work in, you know I'm going to some of these homes. I'm walking. I'm like, "Ooh, thank God I ain't got to deal with that." Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I'm saying? God, leave yeah. so. But yeah, man. So, um let's get to this book because you know you you well well let, let's continue that you you were sick and you kept yeah. faith let's talk about the the transition when things start turning better what what was yeah it was yeah. definitely a process I'm, i mean i don't want to i don't want anyone to think that it was it was something that happened overnight and i it's not for lack of praying for i mean i did i was like okay god i saw you in the bible you did this instantaneously <laughs> can you just instant can you just touch right, me right, right now let it be done um and you and know, let me tell you mel i, I I seen pictures because I always seen Mel the biggest smile, the most beautiful, brightest person you see on campus. And then I started seeing them pictures of Mel in the bed. I was like, oh man. man it, 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 oh, it, hurt it hurt me. Man, to see you like, whoa. Yeah, it, it is. And it's a thing where it's like, honestly, I had I had so many amazing friends and family come be with me, sit with me, but I know that I looked scary. Like I I did not look like myself at no, all. We didn't. Um, and like, it was oh. a long time until I looked like myself again. I mean, a long time. I, I had I had went down to, I was already thin, so that, but I was like a waif. I mean, I was like 90 pounds, all bones. My, my skin was like, uh, because of the radiation, my skin had kind of turned into like elephant skin. Um, and there was really a, a time my parents were sitting in the, the hospital room with me and they would come, they would sing hymns, they would sing hymns and pray over <laughs> my room. And the doctors told them, they were like, listen, I had acquired something called veno occlusive disorder. So um, they had told them, they said, listen, there's really nothing else we can do for her. Um, and so at this point, people who have veno VOD, they have about a 20% chance of surviving. And, uh, you know, I think at that point, I, I believe my aunt Barbara, she came to my room and started praying. I think my, one of my cousins, who's also a preacher, Bishop Sean Tyson, he had came to my room and started praying. And there's, I honestly could not tell you when things changed. I just know they did mm-hmm. um, because I was so out of it. I mean, I was I was in a state of death, really. Um, I don't, I don't, all I remember are the prayers. I remember people coming in and out, but I was on a morphine drip at that point because they were just trying to maintain the pain. Like they were just like, they were just trying to make her comfortable. I was also on a floor, like the way that these transplant patients kind of are, like they don't know who's going to survive. So they put you, they don't separate hospice patients from other patients. And Mm -hmm. 
there were people really dying all around me. And so I just believe that those prayers were really just the blood covering my room. And when the death angel just came through the hospital, it just kind of passed, thank God, passed over my room. And at some point, um, things began to turn around. And the doctors were like, these numbers are going in a better direction. Like, we don't know what's happening, but things are, you know, starting to turn around. And then eventually they're like, hey, if you can get off the morphine drip, we can start weaning you to be able to go home. And um, if you can, you know, you're on these artificial nutrition, if you can eat something, you can get off art. And so it was like, it was a process, but I believe that transformation happened through those prayers in that room when I was at the point of death. Um, mm. And I believe that God was really just working, working a miracle uh, in my life. And he had already performed a miracle just by me being able to have the transplant. And, and that's what I talk about in the book as well. And so, you know, I after coming through what I went through and you guys even seeing me go from death, you know, to where I am today. Yeah. I knew that I had to share. This the male I know right here. This is yeah. what I'm seeing right here. <laughs> right, right. I knew I had to share it because I said I couldn't at the time that I was sick, I did not I couldn't find anybody who was about around my age, so a young adult basically, mm. who had ALL, so acute lymphoblastic leukemia who had survived. Everybody that I found either try, like through a blog or through anything, they had all passed away or they were children. So, cause this gotcha. apparently is something that little children get. But um, it was like, unless I'm like, a, what is a seven year old white boy, I, like transplanted <laughs> to a 30 year old So I knew that I was like, I need to provide a beacon of light for somebody who believes that they can't make it through for somebody mm. who has hit rock bottom for somebody who is like oh my goodness there is no hope i said i have to document this i have to let people know again don't quit five minutes before the miracle yes it may get dark but trust me it's always darkest right before dawn and dawn wow. is going to come and so that was really what inspired me to write the book was after i got better and um, and I went through a lot of even phases going, you know, trying to get better, even some, you know, a, a spout of depression and just kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is my life. Because when I went home from the hospital, I couldn't care for myself. I couldn't use yeah. the bathroom on my own. I couldn't talk. I couldn't walk. Um, I So I had to use a wheelchair. I had a porta potty in my room. <laughs> like it was. I, w- I had 24/7 care. And, and that's what like, that's what I was going Yeah, that's yeah. what I was that's what I was going to ask Mel. I know like uh I mean from the beginning to to now mentally you went through a lot. Yeah. A yeah. lot, you know, even just the pain, just dealing with whatever it was, just the the um the uncertainty, everything you went through. Like did you ever have to go get some therapy or did, are you, you know, did was that something you had to you you go out and seek? So my mother actually, rec- well, my doctor first recommended it. And so we went to, I went to a psychiatrist. It was largely for me unhelpful. Like I went to, now I want to be very clear for most people, therapies. And so that's why I don't, I wouldn't say that I probably had what I consider to be actual clinical depression, which I do believe people need to see therapists. I, be- I believe in therapy, etc. I think the state I was in was one of, A, I was on tons of medication. Yeah. So my brain wasn't necessarily functioning in a normal way. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and and they wanted to put me on antidepressants. And I was like, I'm not getting one more medic. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so part of it for my, my problem was that I just, I couldn't, I was just trying to like be normal. Like, and it was all the medications had all these side effects and like, yeah, I can't man. have time to figure out what's happening, you know, day to day. And again, I can do nothing on my own. And so when I went to the therapist, well, I should say it's largely unhelpful because she was sort of like, I don't think, I don't think you need to come to a therapist. <laughs> like it wasn't, it just wasn't like a thing, right? It was and I realized that the problem for me was that again, the medications, I had a ton of medications. Mm-hmm. And the other part was that I was that energy I was talking about, I was so yeah. focused on everything I couldn't do. Uh... Right. Because somebody, you know, in my mind, it was like, you told me if I could get a transplant, I would be better. But now mm. I'm worse, meaning I can do nothing. And this is now the state of my life, right? Um, in my mind, I was basing my permanent situation on a temporary yeah. you know, setback. Yeah. And a lot of times people do that, right? Instead of realizing that this is a, this is a tunnel, this is not a casket, this is not a grave, this is what we do. We basically say, okay, here's this setback. I'm going to create a grave. The tombstone is over it. I can never get out of this thing. Where God is basically telling you, this is just a tunnel. There is actually, if you just keep moving, you'll start seeing the light. You are stuck thinking that this is your permanent situation because your mind is in a grave. When you have to realize that you're not in the grave, you're in a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Is it just a temporary setback? There's just a, just go right over that stone. You'll see you can keep walking. And so that was a part of, you know, the transformation that had to happen in my mind, right? And 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 coming to really find out that it really wasn't, like I said, clinical depression in a way. But yes, it was, I did talk to, I went, I did have like cancer support groups at gotcha. one point. Which I, did help, and when I actually did meet other young adults who had can- not the same type of cancer, um, so my mother connected me with an organization called the Cancer Support Community in Indianapolis. I highly recommend it for anybody who's looking for support groups or people to talk to that are kind of mm-hmm. outside of what I consider to be traditional psych- psychology therapy or psychiatry therapy, um, it was wonderful. Even my mom went to a caregiver support group because oh, caregivers nice. need support too, For sure. right? Um, they all <laughs> yeah. need support. And so that was extremely helpful to be able to talk to and uh, just sit with people who were going in the same stage of life going through the same type of thing. Cause you have to yeah. realize for a young adult, your life is interrupted. Everybody, all y'all beautiful people was going, mm-hmm. y'all going to homecoming, brunch. y'all get married, brunch, yeah. exactly, right? Like still, Never. you know, friends of mine getting promotions, you know, at that particular time I had, I wasn't working cause obviously I couldn't work because I was sick. And so your, your life as a young adult is, you're on the verge and it gets completely interrupted. Yes. And so, being able to talk to somebody else who was in that same space or that same phase, it was helpful. That was extremely helpful. Yeah, yeah. When you, when you, uh, I had a quick question um, uh, before we transition. You talk about trust, and this is more so the um, gear towards like the medical professionals. It's like you know, you trust, you trust God. You know, you, you keep your faith. You know all that. You know. You got, you know, you got your people in family and friends, you know, praying for you, and you, you can, 
you know, talk to yourself and, and have that trust there. But when you can't do for yourself and you have to trust, you know, medical professionals who are just like, how, how was that process? Like, how was it being tr- trusting and like their expertise and what they're providing for you? Because I, I just know me. It's like, I can't do anything for myself. Like, what are you pumping me full of? What are you, you yeah. know, I, I'm just, I'm just kind of just like out here and just hoping that you're doing the right. Thing. And then, you know, us as, you know, people of color, historically we don't get the best care the best treatment you know how, how did that process go yeah it's a great question it's like i said so interesting i just had my miracle mondays with mail tonight with my primary care physician and when i say she is one of the best doctors i've ever had she was my primary care physician in orlando and she's actually again the person who not only found out or discovered that something was going wrong with me, but annual checkups are so important. I want to be very clear. And I know most of our community is quote unquote scared of their physician because they don't want to get this badness. <laughs> Let me tell you something, you can be scared and go, okay? Uh, because yeah. if you're scared and don't go, it's going to be worse off for you. Worse, yeah. um, which I was going to say when you guys were talking about COVID, please get your COVID shots, guys. Come on now, do, <laughs> do better. Um, mm. But I, I will say this, there there is a reason that medicine is called the practice of medicine there they don't get it right all of the time right Mm -hmm. there is some research that has not been fully developed but it is important that you have good i would say doctors that you feel like you can have honest conversations with and i also had an amazing care team that helped me ask questions so i'm fortunate to have a younger sister who is a medical doctor so she went to medical school she was actually my caretaker for a, a large swath of time. And so she would ask questions or she would ask some questions. Um, <laughs> but for people who don't have a doctor as your caretaker, I would say record your visit. And go, when because you're in most of the times, doctors don't speak in layman's terms. They have doctor mm-hmm. lingo, especially yes. when you're telling me I have something that I've never even heard of in my life. Right. right like right, you're right. telling me this chromosome broke off from this chromosome and it's attached itself to this one. And now you have a mismatch. Like, I don't know what this is, right? And so I need to be able to kind of record you, go home, digest the information, write down questions, email you back, and then you be able to provide me with some answers. And I'm not gonna lie, TC, there's still a lot of stuff that I still did not fully understand, but I tried very much to be bold enough to ask, you know, certain questions. Um, but the the main question, I will say this, and why I was able to sort of trust this was, what are the alternatives? Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like, okay, so is there an alternative to this? And when I talked about early on, when I was in the hospital for 31 days, if I hadn't started treatment, they were giving me like a few days to live, essentially. They were like, listen, because this can't, and I now, and then I realized when they were saying, it's just that aggressive. And I, and I realized, oh my God, this is why it's been three months. And like my whole body is just, you know, killing itself. Right. And so, uh, cause the white blood cells were just overcrowding everything else. And so I think A, it's having somebody I trusted, which was my primary care physician who was with me the whole time. And then it's B, understanding what are the alternatives? Like, do I have time? Do I, cause some people you can ask and you say, hey, do I have time to get a second opinion? If you have right. time to get a second opinion, please do. I'm one um, of those people. <laughs> I didn't have time. If I had gotten right. a second, I would have, first of all, you have to yeah. schedule the appointment. They have to like, get know, you right. in. And they were like, okay, well she's passed on now. And <laughs> week, yeah. three weeks it took us to get her here, right? Right, So exactly. I would say that the other thing I would, would say is that, um, if 
I didn't do separate research because I don't trust Dr. Google. That's the other thing. Like people will go online and think that Dr. Google is smarter than your average physician. Dr. Google did not go to medical school. They didn't do residency. Like at the end of the day, if they're at a notable cancer hospital or at a hospital at all, they 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 know what they're doing. Like, and they just, now again vet the hospital let's be clear like don't just <laughs> right. don't, I would say vet the doctor vet the hospital etc but once you do you kind of have to you know trust that I will also say that there are some things doctors won't tell you if they are not connected to what I consider to be like naturopathic realms meaning nutritionist etc your whole body as an organism all works together so even if your doctor is not telling you hey you need to exercise or you need to eat well you still need to do those things and that's i think a part of that's an opportunity i think for medicine and naturopathic to kind of converge a little bit better because some of those things, and the reason that they don't, just so everybody's clear, is because medicine has a, a whole research arm, and if it's not vetted by a certain level of research and the data has a certain amount of test patients, et cetera, they can't validate it. Whereas naturopath doesn't have that same level of uh, research validation for approved methodology in how they treat a patient. So um, not to, again, go into doctor science, but at the end of the day, I think I had to trust who was taking care of me. I had to ask the right questions, but I also had to know that I needed to also supplement with good habits, whether that was eating well, whether that was trying to exercise, even when I couldn't either just kind of moving around. Some of these things are not rocket science, right? Right, right. And then trust that if they're telling me, hey, this is the chemotherapy regimen you need to do, cycle A, cycle B, I don't know enough to go research if there's a cycle C, cycle D, cycle E. So (laughs) if you got the time on your hands, go ahead. But I just kind of have to trust if you're telling me this is what has to happen, that Mm -hmm. you've researched enough patients who have had this, that I'm, I'm trusting what you're saying. Got it. Yeah, man. Great. So, let's name. What, what is the name of the book? And when you know, where can people get it? Is it you know? Let's let's talk about that. And yeah. Let's get our absolutely. listeners headed in the right direction. Yeah. So the name of the book is Through It All, and an all is A L L Acute Lymphoblastic Leukemia. Um, it's written by me, Melanie Scott Bennett also known as Mel Strong. Uh, you can go on to my website, which is just melstrong.com. And the book is there. And you can also get it on Amazon or on barnesandnobles.com. Uh, you can get it from my publisher, which is Westbo Press as well. So there's a few different places that you can go get the book. If you want an autograph copy, you have to come through my website. But otherwise, if you don't want an autograph copy, you can get it from any of them. It's available in uh, digital as well. So you can get an ebook copy if you're an ebook reader uh, as well. So, yeah. If you need me and TC to do the Audible, we could be on there. We can I, do I that. No, I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm just playing. You. And you had me stumbling all over them words. I can't <laughs> read that way. <laughs> no, man. But, Mel, we really thank you, man. This has been a, like, dope conversation. Not only just to see you smiling, seeing you 
you know beautiful and bright and great energy you know it's also good to hear these words of inspiration hopefully this moves you know some of our listeners and you know and and also just just people love hearing a story and just like your story is just amazing like you said being from you know the top of the world a guy saying all right we're gonna sit you down for about 31 days you know (laughs) you know what i mean yeah yeah there you go (laughs) yeah so we we really really thank you for that it's it's been great for well, sure. thank you guys for having me on. You know, like I said, it's always a joy and a pleasure to share it. I believe that, uh, you know, we overcome by the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and, lamb and the word of our testimony. Right. Uh, we're not supposed to keep this stuff secret. You know, we're supposed to share it so that other people are encouraged and uplifted. And so I want to thank you guys for even allowing me to come onto your platform and share my story. It really means a lot uh, to me and see your smiling faces nah, there we go. <laughs> man, no, we thank we appreciate it so much yeah, man. and yeah. yeah you took us to church gave us some good word i'm a little hey, baby i'm a little baby i know it. i know it <laughs> yes you do know it you was talking about you know the the, the music and, and and the film i was like shoot I, y'all should hit me up to do some graphic design work back there in the you day go. That we come did. on man Sure yeah. Yep, I sure did. I was like, "Come on, TC, you want to do some graphic design?" Do this flyer for me real quick, cause That's I, ain't, right. I ain't got the time, brother. <laughs> That's, That's right. Funny. Yeah, man. That's we right. Go, we gonna we gonna have to holler at your pops, man. I know he 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 give us a word. He'll come on yes. this and give us. I'll so we might, to, like, hey, we might we might we might to connect that in the, in the near future. You know what I, I mean? Got you. I got <laughs> All right, you. cool. I will. I will definitely yeah, hook it yeah, up. I'll, yeah, I'll connect sure. y'all. For Excellent. sure. Yeah, we have a celebrity then. That's celebrity status right there, TC. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely a celebrity. Yes. Yeah. And I'm super proud of them. They won, uh, they just won a Grammy for uh, PJ Morton's um, the Gospel According to PJ Morton. Uh, Ty Scott got that Grammy. And of course, they've always had Grammy nominations. See? Uh, See? Come on, yeah, man. Anthony Brown and Group Therapy and all, yeah. all the groups on there. So I'm yeah. super proud of everybody. Uh, they're doing good work. Yeah, that's uh, that's we need to we we gonna talk about that we, 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 <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But Mel, again, thank you and keep that positive energy going. We uh, we 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 love having circle of people in our lives that have that energy. You know what I mean? And that's you, you got to keep those keep those individuals around for sure. So you know, regardless if it's through Instagram, coming on the platform, whatever it is, just keep keep passing that keep passing that energy for sure. Yes, please and. If you need some positive vibes again feel free to follow me you can um i'm on instagram primarily i live on instagram because i like pictures <laughs> so you can uh at mel underscore strong uh if you want to follow me on ig i will follow you back um unless you're crazy and i won't follow you back. Uh, <laughs> hey and let me then, tell you something you and kd got the cleanest instagrams man, ever man dog <laughs> <laughs> Her KD stuff be looking crisp. <laughs> the, the photography is on point. The, the marketing, like who's the doing lighting is perfect. <laughs> Listen, I got a strong team, and by the way, KD is definitely goals. That is my that is that is goals. He, he is so fresh and so clean, clean. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I have a I have a really, really great photographer out here who is um, I teamed up with her really early on when I was thinking about launching the book. And she has just been my go- she is like my other creative side. And so and then 
Uh, my soror our sorority sister Kim is an amazing stylist extraordinaire. Yeah, Kim so is she, dope, man. She be getting me straight together. I get all of my fashion sense from her, by the way. She gives me all the good stuff. Um, and so, and then I have an amazing uh, makeup artist who who comes and kind of hits me up too. So it's a, I will say it has been one of my creative outlets in the middle of COVID. It's it's fun to kind of think about how to do these kind of things, and then it's just also a way to just stay connected with people. So I really That's enjoy it. it. That's it. Yeah, man. Like I said, you and KD stuff be looking so clean. I'm like, man, they stuff look good. Yeah, that's who we need. I need to do a collab with him. There you go. Yeah, y'all stuff be on money. But yeah, man. But Mel, again, thank you. And uh, again, man, prayers up. And we're going to holler you about your dad for sure. We're going to get Absolutely. There we go. (laughs) But TC, if they want to listen to this episode over and over and over, where can they find us, brother? At Stakes is High Pod. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of our episodes you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or interested in being a guest on the show, please shoot us an email to stakesishighpod at gmail.com. Cheers. there you go yeah man well we want to thank you guys for listening Uh, keep that energy up Um, make sure again like I said in the episode if you ever question anything go volunteer your time go help the needy go help someone out there that is uh, in need I guarantee you you will look at life a little different you will be uh, very thankful for some of the smallest things you have and you know you you will become more appreciative and when it comes to faith just follow look at those small signs don't look at the big picture sometimes you got to look at the small things in life and God will show you some signs through just through super small things and it's may the help you keep the, it's the little things so the little things. yeah sure. man so make sure you do that and again thank you for listening to Stakes is High Podcast. Peace. Peace.